is the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose, where I strategize with business owners on how to grow and scale their businesses to hit their income goals. This is episode 287 of the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose. Today, we're going to be diving into the importance of nurture emails and how to actually effectively use them. And I am going to be speaking with Allie Grummet, who is someone that I actually met at Tastemakers Conference as well. So many of you have heard from different guests that have been on the show recently that were at Tastemakers. I am super excited to be able to have have been a speaker there and to be able to pull people in that I met that I thought could supply you guys with some great information. Now, before we dive into that episode, I want to make sure that if you haven't already grabbed your email list growth guide from me, you send me a DM on Instagram at Jenny underscore Melrose, and I will make sure to send that to you. You're also going to hear that Allie has a guide that is going to walk you through setting up that nurturing welcome sequence. So if that is something you've been struggling with, send me a DM letting me know that you are looking for the five-part framework that she has, and I will make sure to send that to you. All right, y'all, let's dive in. Hi, Allie. How are you? I am good. Good to see you again. Yes, you too. I'm super excited to jump into this conversation of the importance of nurture emails. But before we do that, will you introduce yourself and your business to my audience? Yeah. So I'm Allie Grummert. I have a business called Duet. Um, I'm an email marketing strategist and conversion copywriter. I help online business owners, usually bloggers and content creators, make a killer first impression through automated welcome and nurture sequences. So the goal is that we engage new readers, build brand loyalty, and then optimize for conversions um, for sales and site traffic through the whole relationship you have with your subscribers. Excellent. And I love that we're going to get into some like terms that are really email heavy. I know a lot of <laughs> bloggers will put on the brakes when it comes to email. They feel it's too techy. There's too much that goes into it. Mm-hmm. But there, I feel like there's there's a new leaf turning and they all are starting to understand, especially after we saw what happened with Pinterest, um, that traffic needs to come in consistently. In order to do that, we can do that with via emails. So let's start off with why nurture emails are important. Yeah, I feel like this is basically your introduction to people. So when they join your email list, like how do you introduce yourself? How do you let them know what's coming? How do you set expectations? It's like giving them a tour, a lay of the land, if you will. Um, Because if someone's new to your, your content, they don't know the extent of it, right? They don't know your most valuable lasagna recipe that everyone loves brag about that (laughs) get that bread recipe out in front of them. Um, Same goes for like, if you have a cookbook or a membership or anything along those lines, like this is your time to just like say, well, I would say in the most simple terms, this is who I am. This is what you'll get. Right. Even if you just tell people that um, through a one email automated welcome, it can be as simple as that. It can also be much more complex where you can set up um, nurture content to actually just deliver to them automatically for weeks and weeks to come. Um, but the very least, I would say, if you're going to set up automated sequences, the idea is that you're really introducing people to your ecosystem, right? Okay. All so you just have. used a term that I want to make sure that we define because I think sometimes we, that to me is a convert kit term. I don't know if that's what you used as your emails. Like uh-huh. me, it is. Okay, good. Yeah. What did I say? What word was you it? You said automated sequences. And yes. I think 
a lot of bloggers hear that and they're like, holy crap, that sounds like funnels. That sounds like way too much <laughs> going on. Will you just kind of simply define what an automated sequence is? Yeah. And so that's like, it's not even necessarily supposed to be technical just to convert kit, but I guess other platforms like Flowdesk or um, MailerLite will use workflows. Um, the idea is that it's a sequence of content that gets sent out to your subscriber. So the different platforms call them different things. Um, ConvertKit does call it a sequence. Um, but think of it that way. Like what's what's the order of content? What are the chapters that need to be like shared with readers? Um, and maybe thinking of it that way. Yes. And it's just a pre-written email. Simply. Oh, yeah. Yes. Pre-written email. It can be one that you sent out already as a newsletter, or it could be like, you could probably even repurpose like an RSS feed if you needed to. Um, but yeah. So the fact that it's automated means that it just needs to be something that like won't be outdated anytime soon. Like you don't want to repurpose your like best of 2019, you know, blog post, you know. Um, so you want it to be something that'll be helpful for people no matter what time of year they get it um, and no matter what year they get it. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So when should a nurture email come? Yeah. So nurture emails can go, I usually set mine up for clients to go out once a week and maybe just pick a day of the week that they go out. Um, You can do this with like, if you have multiple themes of content you send out, you could say on Mondays, we sent out this content and it goes out every week. On Wednesdays, it's this. On Fridays, it's this. Um, Another way that you can do it is that all of our nurture emails, like all the automated ones go out on Tuesdays and we cycle through different themes. So instead of it going out Monday, Wednesday, Friday, it would just be like week one is this, week two is this, week three is this. And then you can kind of um, just repeat those same kind of topics over and over again. And that's how you know that you're making sure that you're getting eyeballs on like the full span of what you do. Um, So maybe it's like entrees, you know, side dishes, dessert, entrees, side dishes, dessert. Um, And that way you're getting traffic back to those those posts and that your readers know that you cover that span of content. Yes. What should actually be in that nurture email? Yeah. Um, This always depends on like what your goals are, right? If your goals are traffic back to your site, then that needs to be brought into the picture, right? So that might mean not putting your entire blog post in the email. It might just be like a little blurb, a little intro, like how does your family use this recipe? What do they love about it? And then a link through to it. Um, the emails that I write for clients, sometimes we include a little like comment, uh, like a, basically a testimonial for the, for the recipe. You can include that in there that says like, you know, we, we started making this like every week now, like my kids can't get enough. Like including that in the email, people are like, I'm intrigued. Wait, kids like this, you know, they're more likely to click through. And so you can let the blog post do its job best where it has all of the information. They can save it to Pinterest. They can save it to their, you know, their bookmarks. But the email's purpose is to drive that traffic to the blog post. Yes. So, and then there's other things too. Like if you just want to share a story and ask them to reply back to you, like that could be in a nurture email. Um, you could have a roundup of multiple blog posts that are related. Um, I'll go out like, these are all of our Mediterranean res- uh, recipes. And here's a collection of them. So you've kind of got a lot of different layouts you can play with, but remembering like the purpose is to drive them to your site where they're brought, like your reader's going to have a better experience there, right? Like they have got their recipe card and a video and photos. And I just don't think email is the place to house all of that (laughs) for each recipe. Yes. No, absolutely. And I think that it's important too, that you said like a brief, because I think a lot of times people will get overwhelmed with this idea of a newsletter. 
We think of a newsletter and a nurture email. I think for me, it's a little something different. A nurture is like something quick and easy that we're going to get them to, to get that traffic. Whereas like newsletter is a little bit more old school and it used to have 27 links to (laughs) 27 different recipes. And it took forever. Whereas a nurture email doesn't have to do that. It's quick. It's simple. It gets them to the actual content, um, which of course then results in that traffic for you. Right. And it's not overwhelming your reader. Right. So um, what's it called? Decision fatigue. Like if you give them too many things, they aren't really going to know what to do with it. And that's where if you can figure out like, what is the theme of this email, then you can share related recipes and there can be five of them. And you're like, but readers can also scroll and just click on the ones that are most you know, relevant to them. Um, but it doesn't have to be like what you said, like this curated quote unquote newsletter, which takes you back to like fifth grade when they're like, you're going to put out a newsletter for the whole school. And you have a section on the principal and a section on like, what's cool at recess, like whatever, like you don't have to curate it to that extent. Um, and, and I think that there might be this hang up where people think, well, if I don't pack it full of stuff, is it valuable? It is still absolutely valuable. And it doesn't have to have you know, 10 different sections. Like you can send out an email that's just a link to your YouTube video for them to watch it with also a link to the blog post. And it can just be for one, one piece of content that's just in two different places, you know? And that's yeah. that's doing your readers a favor by letting them know it's there without, you know, saying like, here, read this novel. Right. No, absolutely. And I think part of the, the kind of hang up that bloggers have with it is they think, It's got to be, you said, use the word valuable, which I think is super important in everything that we do. We're always consumed with the idea that the content has to be valuable. And I think when you are sending them to the full content that you've already done for free, that is what is valuable. It doesn't need to be a full-on recipe inside that they're trying to read in the line and target on their cell phone and their kids are trying to grab things off of the shelves. I think it just needs to be here's what's going on. Send them to the content that you've already created that is curated for them. And it's easier to read mobile wise. Right. So I had a, um, a client who's now become a friend of mine. She's so sweet. Ashley Cavelli of um, Tiny Kitchen Big Flavors. She came to me and she was like, Allie, I hate getting emails. So therefore I hate sending them. And like, we just kind of had to work through that. And like, people are on your list to hear from you. And it's not fair to you to create things that go into a void you know, or just rely on, let's hope someone finds it on SEO sometime in the future. Uh, But it's also not fair to your readers who've said that they want your recipes. (laughs) So like you also don't, it doesn't have to be anything big or flashy. It's just that content deserves to be shared both for your sake and for your readers. Absolutely. They've raised their hand. They've already acknowledged the fact that they want that information. So just send it. It's not as difficult as it needs to be. And I love that we're talking about nurture emails because because it really gives that idea that you're not going to have them opt into something and then they aren't going to hear from you for six months when you decide you're going to launch a product or service. And that's why you're all of a sudden emailing. <laughs> Instead, yes. we're continuously nurturing them and providing them with valuable content that you're already creating anyways. So why right. not get some traffic and eyeballs on it? Yeah. So one of the strategies that I have is that I have what I call like the best of duet um, that goes out on Tuesdays. And that's how I know that there's traffic going back to blog posts consistently. I'm pitching my services consistently. Affiliates that I share about like, you know, I have a handful of ConvertKit blog posts. So I know that those are being shared consistently with all my subscribers, even if I don't email my list, something brand new for six months. Like I think my, yeah, I want to say that my ongoing nurture sequence 
goes out every Tuesday. It would last like 50 weeks at this point. And that's all stuff that I just sent out to my list. So my new content goes out on Thursdays and then I just tack it on to that Tuesday sequence so that anybody who's new to my list still gets to hear about the podcast that I've been on or resources that I created and want to make sure that they know about. Yes. Excellent. Okay. So we talked, kind of mentioned this a little bit before, but what is the best way to make nurture emails evergreen? That idea that it's not going to be seasonal. It's not going to be annual. What's the best way to really try to choose those ones that are going to fit that? Yeah. So as far as seasonal recipes go, what might be helpful is to put them in their own sequence and just say, these are summer recipes. And you send your list through that. They get them every Saturday from April through August, and then you turn it off, you know, and then you can send new subscribers through it again next summer. Um, And you can have people going into it as they're getting added for that season. So that's one way to make sure that your seasonal recipes don't just like fall to the wayside. Um, But if you are going to have a nurture sequence um, with evergreen content, just making sure that it is, um, it's not time sensitive. It's not like, you know, best of two years ago (laughs) or something like that. Like something that I do is that when I put them into my ongoing nurture sequence, I really review it for any language that's like, oh man, is it, hasn't it been so cold outside? Like just take that out. Um, You know, I eat chili in the summer. Like maybe not everyone does, but like, I don't mind getting a chili recipe that I can save for later on Pinterest and come back to. Um, And you can really just like phrase it as like, here's a cozy meal. It doesn't have to be like winter specific. If that makes sense. Yes, definitely does. So let's talk a little bit. I think that we sometimes use terms that mean the same thing, right? So how is a nurture email different from a welcome sequence? How yeah. would you define that? So a welcome sequence is what I would say. This is like, this is your um, housewarming basket, if you will. <laughs> right? It's like somebody just moves to your town. You're like, you need to know about this coffee shop and like this trail is great for walking, right? Like that's what you're, you're providing. And then once people have that clear understanding of you, then you can start sending them your nurture content. But think about it. Like what does someone need to know about you, your content, the types of recipes that you make? that will allow them to really get the best advantage, have the best advantage for making those future recipes that you know that they're going to get from you. (laughs) So like usually the first email is some sort of introduction. Like this is who I am. This is the kind of food I create. This is what you'll get from me. And if you're somebody who likes X, Y, or Z, you're in the right place. You know, like talk to them. (laughs) Say like, if you're looking for a way to, you know, to make meals for 20 minutes or less every day for a family of four, you're in the right place, you know, just like, and then they'll be like, yeah, that's me. I'm in the right place. Right. It builds that bond. <laughs> and then they're more likely to open your future emails. Other things you would include in there would be like I mentioned, like memberships or a cookbook um, or any type of like other content that would just be helpful. Like if you have, like I had, for instance, a client, she lives in Italy. So I'm like, um, if I in Nebraska, am going to be making your recipes. What ingredients do I need? Like, we can't just assume that like, like, this is a pretty specific to that region. What are some, you know, or like, what are some tools? Like, do I need a mandolin? Because you use a lot, you use that a lot in your recipes or like pinch of yum. She uses like um, a food processor, like all the time. And I don't own one, you know? So it's like, if you just tell me heads up, like, these are some tools that I'd recommend to really get the most out of everything I'm sending over. Or here's a pantry list um, or a grocery list. Like, wouldn't you just feel so welcome? You're like, oh. She really does want me here. (laughs) Right. 
Absolutely. I think the one thing that you said in the very beginning too, is you gave that example of, you said, if you're here for meals that are 20 minutes or less, I think it's important when we're doing that welcome sequence to really hit on the pain point and know what the problem is that we're solving. Because if we, a lot of people, I will see make the mistake of creating a welcome sequence and they talk all about themselves, what they've done, um, their accomplishments, how many kids they have, which is wonderful. And you want people to get to know you, but if you don't tie it back to how you're going to guide them on the journey that you're helping them solve, they don't care. Yeah. Well, and it's as simple as like surveying your audience. Like one of the questions that I always ask, like when I do this for client work is what were you searching for that you landed on my content? Like whether it was Pinterest or YouTube or whatever. And so we know what they're searching for. And it's like, what were you hoping to improve? You know, and maybe it's like, I don't want to get snappy with my children because mom doesn't have food on the table yet. And I ran out of, you know, like those are the pain points. And so it's really simple to ask, like, what is the one thing that you wish you could change about dinner meal? Like making dinner for your family. What would make it like, if you had a magic wand, what would you like it to look like? And then that will give you that information to really tailor that, that introductory, introductory welcome sequence content to them and their needs. And then what's cool is when you write a welcome sequence and you define that for yourself, it gives you that much more confidence to share your content because you know the person that you're writing for, you know, the problems that it's solving, and then you just get to speak to them directly. Um, And so you don't have to be all things to all people. You get to be all things to the busy mom of four kids who doesn't have a lot of time to make meals. Like, And that's just going to give you much more confidence to write your emails, send them, because then you're not just trying... Writing generalized content is just hard versus like, this is the person. This is who I work for. (laughs) All these moms all over. These are my people. Yes. That avatar, knowing who exactly it is that you're speaking to and not worrying about trying to talk to everyone. Talk to that one main person that you know you can help solve their problem. Mm -hmm. So smart. I love that. Uh, The other thing that I notice I have a tendency of doing is I'll talk about a welcome sequence and then also say sales sequence. Because a Mm -hmm. lot of times when I know that I have a product that really solves the problem for the opt-in they came in. And now we're going to talk them through this, explain how I continue to solve that problem for them. And then I have a product. I'm going to also offer it to them so that it's one of the opportunities for me to get it in front of them and make them aware that that is something that I have. So a lot of times my audience will hear me say, have a welcome sequence. And I use sales sequence interchangeably. They're Mm -hmm. really, in my mind, they're the same thing. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I feel like they could be two different things. So if you have opt-ins that are specific, like lead-ins to a product, and you know that it's like converts into a sales funnel, basically, like that's the purpose of that that follow-up, that's a sales sequence. When I think of welcome sequence, I think of this as the catch-all for everybody who comes in through every other place. So if you introduce yourself to people through a sales sequence, they don't need to go through your welcome sequence, right? But like, if you have like a join my newsletter or just get this one freebie and you don't have anything specific to follow up with it, just send them into this one bucket welcome sequence. What that's going to do for your brain is wonderful things. You're not like, oh, great. For every opt-in, I have to have a very specific welcome sequence for that. No. The wonderful thing about a welcome sequence, and it is kind of an art and a craft to creating it, is like if people come in from YouTube, if people come in you know, through Instagram or they come in through these different opt-ins, my welcome needs to be my brand through and through. So no matter where they come from, it's still 
me and this is why you're here and this is what you'll get. Um, yeah. So it's like, it's that solid introduction. But if you have those other like opt-ins or sales funnels, I say those are add-on type things. But then once that sales funnel is done, you can add them into your ongoing nurture sequence, right? As long as it's related to why they opted in somewhat tangentially, go for it. Yes. No, I think I found over the years is that what I had a tendency of doing is that when I didn't have a product in mind for an opt-in, I did exactly what you said. I had them go into like that universal welcome sequence. And then as time went on and I got more opt-ins that were geared more towards the very specific products, those welcome sequences then turned into sales sequences right. and had that kind of range of where they could go. So yep. I love it. So, yeah, so it's kind of an evolution. Like you can build it into that in the future. And then if you can, like you can exclude those people who go through those one opt-in sequences from getting your welcome sequence. So that way they don't have to get that twice, <laughs> if you will. No, absolutely. So you have a five-part framework for writing your welcome sequence with ease. Can you yes. tell me more about it? Yeah, absolutely. So this is a resource that I created because I was a DIYer. I actually started out as a personal finance blogger because I know how to have a good time. She's like, I'm super fun at parties. Let's talk about budgeting. So but I created this because I love being able to help others DIY it. Um, and so in this guide, the goal is that you go from thinking like, oh, I should be doing a welcome sequence. I should get something like that written to actually doing it. So it helps you identify like, what is the tone of your messaging? How do you want people to think or feel when they're on your list? How do you introduce yourself? What's important to share? What's not? Um, what resources do you already have? Do you want all subscribers to get? Um, how do you organize these ideas? And then how do you like stop overthinking and actually write the darn thing? Um, so my goal with that is, and my hope is that you would go through it and be like, okay, these are all the pieces. I just need to assemble them and get the message out into the world. Absolutely. And what we're going to do is we'll have that in the show notes, but for anyone that's listening and you're just on your app, just send me a DM on Instagram at Jenny underscore Melrose. Let me know that you want that five-part f- framework that Allie has, and we will make sure to send that right over to you. Allie, where else um, is a good place to connect with you? Yeah. So I would say, but if you opt in for that, you'll get my emails. That's a great place to hear from me regularly, especially like the ongoing nurture sequence that I have will probably answer some of your biggest questions with email and it'll just slowly drip into your inbox. You can take it all in bit by bit, not be overwhelmed. Um, and you'll also see on there um, that I've started hosting a monthly roundtable called Email Marketing Answers with Allie. And that is my way of solving the what is it? The analysis paralysis of like, I have questions. And then while I have questions, I'm not doing anything. It's like, well, let me answer your questions. So you can kind of put those ideas into action. So that is the third Thursday of every month. And you'll get a link for that in your email email inbox as well. Excellent. We were going to link to that in the show notes as well so that we can make sure that they can get as many resources as possible. Because I know that email can seem a little overwhelming, but we're all getting to the point now where we understand we need it. And are going to definitely take some of these strides to make sure that we're nurturing our list. Allie, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. I appreciate it. Absolutely, Jenny. Thank you for having me. Of course. 
All right, there you have it. As you could hear, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't using just convert kit jargon that you all are, you may not be used to hearing if you use Flowdesk or MailerLite or whatever email service provider is. So I wanted to make sure that you understood the what exactly we were talking about. Plus, I wanted to make sure that you are going to have heard me talk about when we are talking about SOPs, you're going to hear me talk about how I nurture my list. And I wanted to make sure that we were on on the same page with a nurture email, a welcome sequence, sales sequence, all of those things that you understood all of the pieces for that. As always, I appreciate you guys so much for taking the time for leaving a rating and review. And if you haven't already grabbed the opt-ins that were offered in this episode, just send me a DM on Instagram at Jenny underscore Melrose, and I will make sure to send it to you. All right, guys, until next time, I will see you all then. (music) 